Holy shit, welcome to QBT. I am Maddie Germs. And I am a deep voiced, very deep voiced Shawnee. And welcome to our podcast. We are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. And today we turn one bitch. <gasps> we're one. We're one. We're we like, made um, it. We each have a cake separately that we're going to put our faces in. Mm-hmm. Mine's you know, chocolate. Have- no, mine's red velvet. Mine's chocolate. Okay. Um, They're the same thing. Do you know what I fucking hate? I, uh, yeah. I cannot stand when people call vanilla cake with chocolate icing chocolate cake. No. No. It Who's happens. doing that? It happens. It happened a lot in my childhood that I was so distrustful. I, need I would names. Get, They'd be like, Mm-mm. chocolate cake this, chocolate cake that. And then we'd get there and it'd be fucking yellow cake with chocolate icing. I'd be like, I am going to rage. And then I got kicked out of the party. Um, Anyway, let's get started. Mm -hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. (laughs) Okay, so today we've got a little bit of a different episode. We've been promoing this for a second. We wanted to do a kind of like tell all for our one year anniversary. Ooh. What have you been wondering? What have you been needing? What do you want? What do you want from us? What do you um, need? What do you need? Um, so today, you know, we're not going to do a sub slut. We're not going to do an and what about it. Um, we are just going to dive into these questions because there are 21 of them. And after looking at some of these, uh, many of them are about pop culture. Um, yeah. And we also want to name that we have not seen these until this morning. So you're getting a you're getting a relatively fresh-faced 8.50 a.m. response to these things. I was going to say, you're getting a raw, unedited. <laughs> I, I, um, I drank a lot last night in celebration of our one year. Nah, that's not why. It's because I'm in L.A. <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> so you probably hear it in my voice, which is fine. I'm here because, Is hey, stuff open in L.A.? Um, yeah, I don't think anything ever shut down here, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. It makes Wild. a lot of sense now that I'm here as to, you know, why this was COVID capital number one for a while. Right. Well, she's post, she's post-vax life. She's stepping yeah, into the girl, new I'm out here in these streets. We have an, a lukewarm girl summer. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I went to Savi yesterday and, um, it was really cute and it was really hot. And I honestly, I ran into some babes that like I hadn't seen since last summer sometimes some of them more than that and it was um truly my heart felt like it was exploding i was just so happy it felt very strange because it was this thing of like oh we're jumping in immediately into this rhythm that feels good and Mm -hmm. it also feels like i'm dreaming like i haven't seen you in so long that this interaction is making me feel wild you know um and i imagine that's gonna happen a lot in this new time of like bumping into people that you miss and love, but just like haven't been a part of your bubble for one reason or another, you know? Um, but wow, it was the most people. That. Yeah. It'll happen to you, girl. Um, the, it was the most the, actually in terms of people, it wasn't like crowded necessarily on the beach, but the cars, it was the most cars I'd ever seen at Savi. It was wild. It was wild. I've only been at Savi one time. I feel like we usually go to Rooster Rock. Yes, I like Savi to go on the beginnings and ends because Rooster does the water doesn't lower for a while. So mm. I go to Savi until the water lowers at Rooster, and then I'll be there. Okay, you so got a plot. You got a plan. Yes, I figured it out. 
Um, okay, let's dive into these 21 questions. First of all, thank you, listeners. Um, I am yeah. very grateful that you all um, wrote in and... It feels fun to have a conversation with you as opposed I to know. just screaming at you. Yeah, uh, I was telling you just like, what's up? I mean, we're still going to tell you what's up, but like, at least you were slightly involved uh, in yeah. these things. Yeah, what it is, what is up, what is what. Y'all, what this do, is a, this is a, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> what it is, what is up, what is what? What it do, what it don't. I, I don't know, Maddie. You. <laughs> Okay. No, I I love this. I'm just happy that we have like a, a fan crowdsourced engaging episode. I'm happy we have fans. I'm just yeah. so happy we have fans. Yeah. Thank you, followers. Um okay. okay. Number one. Number one for our one year anniversary is what does QBT stand for? I'm gonna throw this one to you first. Um, I think it stands for Quintineras B tight. <laughs> okay. Um because they do. You- We've had a few barbs on, so like it could be like Queen Barbie Tings, you know, like oh that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> a queer babe therapy? Question mark? Question uh, mark? I don't know. <laughs> question mark? Um, no, the real answer to this is that uh, technically it stands for queer babes talking. So when mm-hmm. we say we're two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. That is where QBT comes from. It is a play on CBT, ACT, DBT, all of these therapeutic interventions. Um, And we've decided not to explicitly define it because we like the acronym. Like, not everyone is going around calling it cognitive behavioral therapy or acceptance and commitment therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy. They call it DBT. So we are QBT. QBT. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that that feel like it answers, answers her? It's going to be as good as it gets today. Question <laughs> <Okay>. two. <laughs> Ew, how, many, how many inches <laughs> is Maddie's mullet? Yeah, you wanted me to answer before <laughs> I listened to hear the end of the question. Um, well, it's a little bit shorter now, but over the course of the pandemic, the longest it had gotten was to like right between my shoulder blades in my back. And then I cut about two inches off. So now it's like... Um, kind of just like resting at the top of my titties, you know, mm. um, I, but I don't know. I don't, I haven't, I haven't measured her. I also haven't measured her, you know, like I'm guessing, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't, I think I know the answer, but, um, do I know the answer to mine? No, because I feel like same every time somebody's asked me that, I'm like, I don't know. I've never just like taken a ruler and been like, Hmm. I mean, I did when I was a kid, but I feel like I've gotten bigger since then. You sure? No. Um, <laughs> y'all tops or bottoms? <laughs> I hate y'all. I Number three, y'all. Fuck off. We committed. Um, we committed. Tops. We did commit to this. We did commit to this. Um, I feel like y'all know what I am by now. I've said it, but a, a mask top. <sighs> yeah, I'm a I'm a power bottom. Okay. So much power. So um, much power I, in this I bottom. Think, I think uh, if I look at my life. The answer is verse in my in my in my current uh, pretty strictly top at the moment. Honestly, though, maybe I can get into this in another episode that has to do with some like uh, health stuff that like has been annoying um, versus out of a desire to get fucking plowed. You know what I mean? (laughs) See, that's. And that's why I am a bottom because that <laughs> desire is not going anywhere my entire life. I'm like, well, nah, let's just do that. Let's just ready do for that. question four. Let's, 
Yeah. Favorite place to shop for everyday queer looks. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I hate this question. <laughs> I do too. I hate it a lot. Um, um, I w- I'm going to say thrifting. That is to me like that's the best answer. And oh, it's a, a fucked up answer. It's a fucked up thing because, you know, obviously we're in this time and space where thrifting has become. So- Did you see that fucking TikTok of the thrift con where this girl flew to fucking Vegas and all these like white kids with their bags of Thrasher and Von Dutch like were showing their clothes around and like obviously selling it for insane amount of prices. I We have a mutual friend who invited us to a sort of like thrift thing like that. And it's like, it was just like gentrifying strip malls, like, or uh, flea markets. That's what I'm talking about. Gentrified flea markets. Like, I feel like, I don't know, whatever. That's a weird place to be when I'm saying like thrifting thumbs up because like it there has been this large culture shift on who has access to thrifting that's what I'm trying to talk about that TikTok was annoying but crazy who has access to thrifting it's thrifting okay it was but like you you can't get shit for like two or three dollars now like I know you're right yeah it's well because then it's not thrifting anymore now it's just like vintage consignment and it's like that's not thrifting I might as well just go to the designer store and buy it like new Right. And I will be honest in that, like, I definitely have made an ASOS purchase or nine, like, when I'm in a manic state of, like, just wanting to get some, like, oh, yeah, girl, bulk sort of queer things. But um, to me, what makes an everyday queer look is, like, what do you feel queer in every day? You know what I mean? Like, the idea that there is a queer look is, like, fucked up in my head. I like what you did with that. That was thank good. Thank you. Thank you. What do you have an answer? Um, probably same. Thrifting in Portland is just in and of itself pretty queer. Um, I'm probably gonna miss that. And then yeah, ASOS. I hate giving the shout out, but fast yeah. fashion, listen. We really need to stop. It's the easiest way. Yeah. It it isn't though. It's terrible to everyone. I mean, but like being a hypocritical person is like part of the human experience. Um, well, if more of my queer friends just let me have their clothes, then that is your answer for sure. <laughs> there we go. I love stealing y'all shit. <laughs> What's been um, your greatest learning experience through creating a podcast? Oof. To to, to embrace. I love to get two on. What? No. <laughs> Did you see Tanashi's two on was having this like resurgence where like anytime someone said two, people were like two on. Oh, that makes me really do you happy love to get for two her. On? I, yeah. Do you love to get two on? Do you love to get two I on? I do. I got I two on get last two night. On. Um, <laughs> no, I would say to uh, God, no, I'm not going to do that. To embrace the chaos. Mm, that's totally fair. Yeah, I think that I was a very, uh, I still am very, like, organized and try to be buttoned up and, like, is put together when I approach any meeting or thing or assignment or project. And I think that going into this, like, there was no real plan. Uh, sort of, I mean, there was, but it, like, developed as we went. And even to this day, I, like, have just learned to embrace a little bit of, like, the messy chaos that comes with creating and being creative versus needing everything to look like clean and pretty when I arrive. Um, I think that's really representative of how we can come to this. Um, I think mine's kind of twofold for one. I mean, one of the greatest learning experiences has just been the technological aspect of it Mm -hmm. and like figuring out what the fuck microphones to get, how to make this. I mean, 
I don't know when the episode is that we make the jump. I want to say it's like 18, maybe. Maybe it's 20-something. But when we go from our old microphones to our new microphones, and even those first few episodes, there's like still some sound stuff that we're figuring out. And now I feel like we've had a relatively consistent sound since then. But um, that took a lot of learning. That was a lot of trial and error. And that was something that I felt excited to try but also was like embarrassed that I didn't get it right the first time you know like constantly yeah. having to play with it was really annoying but the other thing was uh learning that having a sort of ritual a weekly ritual and this to me is in some ways a, re- a weekly ritual has been really helpful for me so like outside of the podcast being this like learning experience about like putting my voice out there and not like really thinking too much about what I said <laughs> like um there's also this element of release that's there and the idea of ritual has been really helpful yeah and you taught me how to set up a microphone like two weeks ago y'all i've been winging it winging it (laughs) for a year (laughs) i've just been like lightly helping me like did you get that you're like yeah 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 yeah." (laughs) i don't know how i don't know how we survived you picked it up quick you're doing great who's a bigger cry baby you or me smart you are smart um who's a bigger cry berry yeah berry Cry baby, yeah, definitely. You I'm a cryberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little blueberry crybaby. Um, that was funny. I'm the bigger crybaby. I feel I can cry at anything, especially if I'm tired. You catch me when I'm tired, I'm gonna weep at you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You catch me. Um, you catch me in general, and I'm probably not gonna cry in front of you. <laughs> Do you cry? Oh, yeah. I cry a lot, like, by myself. Okay. Like, holding a pillow, just weeping into it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or when I'm, like, super overwhelmed, like, I'll cry. But, like, I don't know. I don't do it in front of people. I've realized that, like, I do this thing where I use I use humor a lot for, like, just about any sort of negative experience when I'm around <laughs> people. Sure. But when I'm not around people, like, humor isn't there because I don't, like, humor myself that way. I just, like burst into tears you're not also, like doing I, a stand up in the mirror <laughs> like, like spray in here bitch <laughs> yeah no i also cry i will say this i cry during just about any movie whatsoever like <laughs> okay you might not like know music it, swells like, and the I, tears come <laughs> it can literally be like harold and kumar go to white castle and i will i promise you i've probably cried watching that movie for no did you, reason did you that's wild did you cry in um godzilla versus kong when she does like the sign language thing with him no, but I think I did cry when uh, when Godzilla was like, spoiler alert, standing on King Kong's chest. And I was like, ah, my eyes got watery. I am telling you, like, it just the silliest things will get to me. I'm like, yeah, but he's just he just wants to protect. <laughs> <laughs> he protect and attack. Um, uh, Number seven. Have y'all ever boinked? As in, have Maddie and I ever boinked, or have we boinked in general, just people? You know what that question means. No, me and Maddie <laughs> have never boinked. Um, oh, we're telling the truth. I, I thought we were going to lie. <laughs> yeah, we fuck every episode. Yeah, that's what I mean by ritual. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've been a top, because, you know, you're a strictly bottom, so, you know, I gotta do what I can. No, I we have never boinked, because I have a personal... Um, I have a personal rule against boinking my friends. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say white people. Um, well, we all know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the rule. Anybody's believing that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were there any moments from the older episodes that you regret? Hmm. Mm. I'll start by saying that they're tied up in this learning experience, number five, that has happened through the podcast. Part of this learning experience for me has been releasing ownership of like what people think about what I have to say. Like there's obviously an element, I'm not gonna be a liar right now and say that I don't think about what I say or think how it's received or don't appreciate when people let me know that they've really enjoyed what you and I were talking about or what a guest said or whatever. But if I sat here at the end of every episode, and I think I did this at the first few episodes, I listened to them like three times to make sure that we said things like correctly. Um, I think, hmm, there has to be a moment of releasing of that. Otherwise, I personally will drive myself wild. Like mm -hmm. I will drive myself wild trying to be perfect. And so are there things that I wish that I hadn't said? Maybe. And as far as I know, they have not created great harm. And I feel like often I'm more concerned or like uh, holding that little bit of like, oh man, that was X when I can't find my words or I'm stuttering too much or I've like really gone on a long tangent like this. <laughs> um, that like that makes me feel a little bit more self-conscious than I think what I say about something because most of the time I'm fine understanding that like what I said last week may not be how I feel th this week and thankfully there's a podcast to be able to give longer context versus like a tweet or an essay or something where like that sort of lives in that world whereas this is this constant conversation I like that that's a good answer um I would say <clears throat> the moments for me which I don't know if you listeners can ever tell but there have been a couple of a handful, a few episodes, a few episodes where um, I was really high and oh. <laughs> like, did not contribute much to the conversation. I can own that. Um, yeah, that I would say regret. No, because I don't believe in regrets. I just believe in like lessons. Um, I just think that. Yeah, no I've, I've learned how to still be high on this podcast, but like not that high. Right. Yeah. We've had to transition instead of smoking and or drinking before we start to like when we're almost done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> so mid episode. Like, right. So we can still have like a hang. And but by the end of it, we aren't like, and so like our meds are like. <laughs> uh, and I'm just over here in silence staring at the screen. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. saying a word. But like just very much so engaged. Like I know what's going on. I'm right. just not saying anything. Have you seen that meme this week where it's like a joint and it's like the first half is something and then the second half is something? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Where it's like the first half is like wow, these trees are beautiful and this grass feels nice. And then it's like that little end of the joint. And it's like, am I human and do I exist? <laughs> like, I love that. That's yeah. accurate. Oh my That's gosh. you like staring into your screen, contemplating. Can we make existence. like a, this is just one of my personal questions for you. Okay. I think we need to have 22 like questions. a Maddie's, yeah, a Maddie's internet corner or something. Cause isn't that what this is? <laughs> oh, this, that's what this whole podcast is my bad is. <laughs> if you this is number nine if you had three wishes what would they be mm. wish one more dick wish two 
Um, <laughs> like more dick on you, more inches, or like more dick inside of you? Inside of me. I don't, okay. I, I don't need any more inches on me. <laughs> okay. okay. We're doing good over here. Okay. <laughs> um, I, that wasn't an accusation, right? Because we haven't point, so I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I never shared my inches earlier. Um, <laughs> more dick in me, for sure. Um, for my friends and family to be just like set with all the money they could possibly need and then um i don't know like a hundred more wishes okay sure um my number one wish is to never have to work again because Mm. i have to never have to work again that isn't to not do work period it's not like a laziness thing it's like the idea of having to work sucks um wish number two i would love at some point in my life, even if it's just for a moment, to have just like a bunch, like a queer farm. I would just love it. I would love Ooh, to have like cute. me and like nine to ten other queer and queer adjacent friends and family, like, you know, raising kids. And then there's a party barn. And, you know, I just I, I would love that. I think that that is something that I hold. That would be awesome. And third party wish, barn um, sounds like party city mixed with pottery barn it is okay. that's what i mean we're gonna run a business called party sure. barn <laughs> i just want to make sure we were on the yeah. same page <laughs> it's like do you remember that what's that toy store in al's Toys toy barn oh yeah yeah i'm al um number three <laughs> wish number three for me would be that uh this podcast gets monetized and people share it more <laughs> there we go like we, our audience grows um i would love to be able to have this grow so that we can uh well actually i'm looking at the future questions i'll save i'll save this for last um 10 what is your perfect date literally what day of the year is your fave oh work. okay <laughs> What does she say in Miss Congenia? April 13th. April 13th. October 3rd. Because <laughs> it's the day after my birthday. Um, October 3rd is the day after your birthday? Yeah, because my birthday is October 2nd. Oh, oh, thank you for the math. <laughs> it's just also that Mean Girls thing. I didn't realize yeah, I it was know. actually. I've always loved it. Um, I don't, like, what? Perfect date? I mean, my actual perfect date date for like a day i would say like i like a spring summer date you know outside like pick a pick any day then i'm probably gonna enjoy it um but in terms of like date activity um listen y'all know i love movies so like take me to a movie theater when it's safe to do so um Mm -hmm. and i love it and then have you ever gotten handsy in a movie theater no have you Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hot. Yes. I mean, okay. Uh, I would say movie theater. I've never come t- in a movie theater. I have. What? <laughs> how have you, how have you simultaneously, you just sit there and come? <laughs> like, you're watching Transformers and you're like, oh, God. I told you I get really emotional during movies, Okay. Oh, girl, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, number 11, any advice for beginning your therapy journey? Um, so getting the search process going, searching the right therapist for you. I often feel discouraged to start therapy because it's kind of like dating and finding the one. Oh, this is like Oof, a serious This is question. too real, friend. Um, this is too real. And I don't know. I, I think... 
I think when you're getting started and like, as opposed to, oh, you know what? Actually, I have some thoughts around this. So I think when you're going about dating and you're trying to go about dating with the mentality of finding the one versus trying to have good experiences, that's going to set you up for like striving for this perfection, perfect thing. Is that to say that you should experience a therapist that is not good for you? No, you break up with them and move on to the next one. However, but going into therapy with this idea of I'm trying to find this person that I can be with for the rest of my life, you're setting yourself up for like a standard that honestly, I don't know if you should want because in a lot of ways, the goal of therapy is to not go anymore. (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. like, like there's an idea that you're trying to like work yourself out of a job with a client, you know, um, for getting the process going though. I mean, if you have insurance, that's one thing. Um, just starting on your insurance's website or calling your insurance and getting a list of open folks and then just spending a day like on a job hunt, just sending out emails and requests. And then when you get things back, often the first session is free, like this info session. Just go on these therapy dates with people until you kind of vibe with someone and then go on a few of those. And I think we've done an episode or two about like what kinds of questions to ask a therapist like how you can sort of start to suss that out but kind of like with dating it's like putting yourself out there I think it's a it's about making that first step that being said if you don't have insurance I know that especially during the pandemic there was several um mutual aid funds for black folks to be able to go to see therapists for free. Um, I actually think in our recs and resources towards the bottom, one of those organizations is listed. So you might be able to reach out to that to say like, I don't have the money for this and I really need this right now. You could at least get a few sessions and there is things, there are things called like short interventions or brief interventions that are made for like five or less sessions that are maybe not going to get to your like deep rooted healing that might need to happen, but you might be able to learn some skills that you can get to the next point where hopefully you do have more insurance or more money that can like push you through. I'll also say that beginning a therapy journey, talk to your friends, ask your friends who they go see, open up that conversation with your own community because there might be a really cool therapist that has an opening that, you know, and then you get to go talk to your friend about your therapist. And sometimes that's fun too. I Ditto, ditto, concur. All those questions, all those answers. God, I cannot talk. All those answers. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to add. Great job. Okay, how do you define adulthood? <laughs> Ooh, I like this question. So, adulthood, adulthood is this funny like thing because I do think that you sort of slip into it, and one day you wake up like, oh my god, wait, I'm like an adult. Like, I, when did that happen? Actually, I had that thought the other day. I was like. Oh my god! I'm like figuring out a move by myself to a whole other like city and state, and like I'm doing the adult thing of coming here to check it out and figure out where I want to live first. Um, I would say maybe I don't know. I would say it's there's something around responsibility and like accountability, and Mm -hmm. like those two things being owned by you and you solely, and you understanding that and doing what you need to do for yourself with that understanding so that's my easiest way of putting it like i think a lot of people try to define it on what bills are you paying or like how much money are you making or do you have kids or like i don't know these other just sort of um what's the word 
I don't know, like these physical sort of manifestations of like what adulthood looks like. These markers for, of these markers, yeah, yeah. from for like our society. Right. I don't think it's so much about those things as it is about really just like owning your life and like not putting yourself forward, but like you're making decisions that are your decisions. So you have to be accountable for them. You have to be responsible for them and you can't really put it off on somebody else. So I think the second that you stop sort of, I hate saying making excuses too, but the second that it's not like, Oh, my mom made this decision for me or like my the friends made this decision for me either or like even or like siblings did this for me it's like i am making decisions for myself i am like choosing a life that i want to live um and i'm accepting responsibility for that i think that's when you've stepped fully into adulthood okay granted you can still be like 50 years old and not doing those things and somebody would still consider you an adult i wouldn't necessarily consider you one but yeah i think i mean hmm when I think about adulthood, I unfortunately think about age and part of that has to do with like consent. And honestly, part of it has to do with like at age 25, your like brain feel fully fuses together like that, you know, that last bit of um, development happens. And so for me, it's kind of like post 25. I think about adulthood as what stages of development. I think maturity is a different question and speaks more to what you're talking about. But like, I don't feel great about defining maturity or adulthood by these levels of like productivity or how like independent you are or how like these other things I think lots of humans need different things and certain things that may seem childish to other people seem perfectly fine for other folks and I do really appreciate what you're saying about sort of responsibility of your choices and accountability to those choices I do think stepping into that is a really good sign of maturity that hopefully by the time that you're an adult, you're able to face those things. Yeah. Um, but if you're in your twenties, I don't consider you an adult at all. (laughs) If you're still in your twenties, you don't think that is just my understanding. Having now stepped into my thirties, I'm like, Oh, but how do you feel about our parents' generation having kids? Like, yeah, they were still children having children. Yeah. I kind of agree. I kind of agree. But to me, I I, I don't think all 20s, uh, to me, it's like post-25. I think, like, I think adolescence lasts until 25, and then 25 is sort of the new 18, you know? Mm, I like that, yeah, for sure. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, What inspired you to start a career in mental health? Girl, my own mental health. (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) No, but for real. Like, I would say that... um, no, I mean, honestly, quite honestly, I think that they asked me this question in grad school. They were like, or not asked, they sort of said, most of you are probably here because somebody told you at some point in your life that like you give really good advice. And I was like, don't read me, bitch. But <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I think that growing up, I got a lot of messages that told me you're good at giving advice. People really listen to you. You're really personable and like offer people Um, a space to just sort of be themselves and talk and I didn't really necessarily know that that meant that I should go into a career in therapy or in mental health until I was introduced to what psychology was Um, and then from there it did become a twofold thing where I was like I do want to help people and I do want to like again like I'll be able to offer some some form of advice or help or support to people that don't have it but I also um, need that for myself and didn't realize that like 
I could maybe major in this or explore this as a career and help myself while also helping others. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, I stepped away from it because it, I got really burnt out from yeah. everybody's mental health things and sort of taking that on and not really knowing how to not take it on. Um, yeah. But I think that, the, yeah, that's at least what got me started was, yeah. I mean, a genuine, a genuine sense of wanting to help others and then also wanting to help myself. Yeah. Um, I think for me, hmm. well, I got a media studies degree and was like, I'm going to work in film and television. And then the minute that I graduated, I was just sort of like, I was having my first like coming to terms with oppression and coming to terms with the state of the world and coming to terms with all of that. And I was like, how can I engage in something so frivolous as television when the world is burning? Right. And so then I mm -hmm. like moved into this um, nonprofit space that I think really held me gently and allowed me to grow and allowed me to work with these amazing black women who were very patient and generous with their offerings of how they come to this world and like really helped shape who I am as a person is like was kind of the six year colleague and learning relationship um, dissecting systems of oppression right and then as I'm in that, I'm like, oh, I'm perpetuating this thing by like be answering to these federal dollars that and using exploitative labor. I can like go into this more. But I was like, I need to do something different. And I sort of knew that. And when I figured that out, I was also at the same time deeply engaged in the queer community in this way. And I was like, I lost a friend to suicide and I um, saw lots of people around me struggling. I was struggling. And then I was sort of seeing this narrative of how queer people are shut out from mental health institutions from not either from like not having um, insurance or not being able to find a therapist that you don't have to explain for the first seven sessions who you are and how you like see the world and experience the world in order to then start your healing. So for me, I was like, while I don't know for sure if I want to be doing individual one-on-one -on -one psychotherapy for the rest of my life, I know that I have this giant knowledge gap in how I want to help my community. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to school to really focus on the psychology, to really focus and hone in on these skills of, yes, I've heard you give great advice, or yes, I've like really felt that you're a great listener. Like I found that I was finding something that... Um, Kind of like what I was saying earlier in this episode, the work didn't feel like work. Like it mm -hmm. felt like I was stepping into a sense of alignment of like, I actually have some of these skills pretty naturally. There's a lot that I need to learn and a lot of things that I still need to get. But for me, I was like, what skills can I, can I get to then be able to disseminate that information versus hold on to it and rise to like some sort of private practice? Like I am you know, hashtag the queer therapist or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my goal. My goal has always been community health. And that was what drove me, I think, to these conversations. And I think drove me us to this podcast. Like, we've talked about that before. Like, there's this element of like, you know, we may be therapists, but we're not your therapist. And hopefully there are some things about our conversations and the homework and hearing these other stories that act as a sort of like fake group. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that allow for some like, processing to happen when all those other things are true that we've said about mental health um yeah 
Uh, I also one... find it funny that we like switched careers, <laughs> or like not even switch, but like where you started, I like am now, and vice versa. But sure. like, I think that that's another interesting thing that happens on this podcast. Now there's like this overlap for both of our worlds right. that happens separately. I love that we were digi destined, you know. Were you a Digimon or Pokemon person? This is not one of the questions, but okay. I was definitely. Oh shit! I, honestly, I went through phases. I was like a Pokemon person, and then I was real heavy on Digimon. Like I was real heavy, heavy as I got on Digimon older. In they had there was this PlayStation One game that was a Digimon game, and I got really into Digimon at that time. Yeah. Um, the transitions are kind of cooler. They look like giant tank people or something, mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. the lore is crazy and like. There, I mean, there's something sort of trans about Digimon, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's like plugging into the Matrix, that kind of thing. Um, okay. Sorry. That was not one of the 21 questions. Um, <laughs> how do you take care with the state of the world right now and anti-blackness? I think that we didn't address stuff that's going on last week, and we didn't really want to specifically call shit out, I think, in this moment. And at the same time, I think it is important to consider, like, how are you doing? Like, how... Girl, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's all numbing. I don't know. Like sometimes even that, uh, I I hate giving the answer of like, I don't take care, but it's also one of those things where I do not live in a society that builds that time out for me. So mm-hmm. I have to either force myself to do it or keep moving on. And sometimes forcing myself to build the time is actually way more just sort of like, way more of a downer than like I wanted to be or not even that let me say like it's just having to take the time to to digest black death is not something I can just sit with for like 30 minutes and then yeah. get up and like go to the grocery store it's like yeah. if I'm gonna do that then like I gotta spend like two or three days like doing that yeah. um and unfortunately I live in America where you don't get two or three days to just sit around like yeah. You simultaneously have this numbness happening, but also the inability to truly be numb to it because it can come into your home at any time. Exactly. Whether it's through your phone or your TV or you go to get groceries and then something happens and now you're carrying that into your house. You know what I mean? Like there's like, um, yeah, I, I think this question makes a lot of sense to me and I, you know, appreciate the offering because hmm, I was in class the other day and there was like, um, this, uh, we took a lot of moments to sit with the shootings and there had been two less shootings than at this point of recording that had happened. Um, and there was a lot of questions and offerings around like, what are we doing in social work and some calls from some of, um, well, a listener, hi babe. Uh, but from black students in the cohort that are like, I don't feel good about just having a normal class day when this is what's going on. And I had to kind of sit with the reality of that being true for that person. And also these questions about like, how is social work supposed to respond and clinical social work supposed to respond to the current moment where I sort of am like, how is this different than last year? How is this different than the year before that and the years before that and the years before that? Like, I love that we're sort of asking the question. And I think this kind of hyper-focusing on this trend of how to get better and how to work through it and like how to take care of yourself or whatever is sort of insulting when there's no actual solutions being offered except like condolences and black squares and like 
links to black owned restaurants. Those aren't, those things aren't bad. I'm not saying that these things are bad. I'm just saying, I think I was sitting with the fact that I wasn't shocked and that was gross in some ways, you know, like I was like, oh, this is a week in America, you know, like, yeah, I'm always angry. I didn't know I'm supposed to be more angry this week because it happened on the news. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, that is, it's to your point, like, how's that different from last year? How's that different from any year before? How's that different just because like I've experienced that in my, my entire life and it's new for everybody else. Like yeah. what am I supposed to do with that? Like I can't yeah. make like, that's not new for me. It's not novel. So like yeah. I, my approach to processing it has not changed just because y'all now have to process it. And yeah. like, you know, like that's, that's what the, I feel like sometimes that's what the question is. And it's yeah. like, you're wondering how you need to process it because this is new for you right. having to watch this and deal with it. Like for me, this is my normal day to day. So like, right. how do I process it by like living my life? Like I normally would yeah. <laughs> like not letting it be the thing that like tears me down that day or like yeah. finding the time when I do want to like get cathartic about it and cry like by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could say the normal self-care stuff. I could say, like, the normal, like, yes, yeah, sometimes I avoid watching, like, I avoid having to digest any more news than I need to. Um, yeah. If it is something that I feel like I'm not ready to dig into, then I'm not going to. And, like, yeah. I'm not going to let society tell me you need to pay attention to this death more than this one. It's like, it's all death. and <laughs> It all should yeah. just stop, like, yeah. period. Um, and I mean, I think if you listen to our earlier episodes, you know, like it was right after George Floyd. And then we had a really, I think I remember an episode specifically about Ahmaud Arbery and like, I, I think people are kind of wanting you or wanting us or wanting people in general to kind of continuously display pain you know what i mean like continuously engage in this performance of anger and and that isn't i don't want to say that anger is inherently performative but i'm saying that that's what people know how to digest like they don't know how to digest what you're saying which is just like i'm living with it i don't know how to give you a better answer that's what i'm doing you know what i mean like, what do you want me to do? You want me to be just, like, wailing and crying in the streets, streets like, every single day or every yeah. single time this happens? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't. I literally cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, For the sake of making a hard pivot and to get through these 21 questions, how would you describe your style? Oh. Um, I would describe it as... I don't know, pretty, pretty, uh, I've been venturing into, like, streetwear stuff more, which has been interesting for me. Um, I think once upon a time, I was, like, really sort of, like, preppy and, like, uh, yeah, preppy. (laughs) And I've, I, then I've sort of, like, married that with, like, this urban streetwear thing, and now I'm in this, like, transition phase where it's still both of those, um, but I, if I had to give a name to it... Preppy, preppy streetwear chic. Okay. <laughs> Serve. <laughs> um, for me, I think, um, you know, 
going back to like, how do you dress queer every day? I'm like, I don't know. How do I feel queer every day? I, I think about my style as really emotion based. Um, so I feel I've also been really into comfort recently. <laughs> so oh, yeah. for, for me, it's like I'm really into oversized. I'm I have a queer style, obviously. And in terms of like my haircut is like, you know, when you think about a queer person, it's like maybe that. Um, but uh, I think um, when I also think about my style, I'm thinking about gender too, but I don't think of it necessarily on this mask femme spectrum necessarily. A lot of my style icons are lesbians. And so what I don't think of myself as like dressing like a boy, I think of myself as dressing like the lesbians I appreciate. And then, but on my body that can read that way. And I'm like, oh, I, it, it feels different in my head that maybe doesn't look different outwardly. But when I think about the more like kind of sh quote shopping in the women's section, whatever, I'm very much into jumpsuits and maxi dresses and like um, sort of a I like a flow and something that makes my like figure look long because my legs are long as shit. I'm not like that tall, but my legs are long, you know? You're tall. I'm only six foot. Yeah, that's my foot. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that's the best sex height. you ever had? <laughs> oh. Um, hmm. Did you did you go to a place where you were like, oh. oh <laughs> did I, you go to the movie theater? <laughs> yeah. Where I came without touching anybody Ew. or myself. Um, best sex. I, oh, I know the best sex I've ever had. Mm. It was, oh, does my mom listen to this podcast? Whatever. Um, it was in Hawaii. Like said lots of it was in Hawaii. Uh, oh. Once I went to go visit my parents there, and I met a guy, and uh, we had sex a few times in one night um, on the beach Party. because he lived like on the beach and <laughs> had like an outdoor shower, um, and it was like a full moon. And I went over there just to like do the normal. We're gonna like watch Netflix and just like hang out and smoke. And then that turned into sex in the bedroom, which was great, which then turned into like, let's go take a shower outside. Party. Sex happened again, which then turned Full into moon like, howling. yeah. And then it was like, all right, let's go back to the house. But you wanna just like have sex right here, like on this towel on the yes. beach. And it was like, for a third time, absolutely, why not? Um, yeah. it was a lot, yeah, and it was like, you know, also pretty, hmm, you know, I have hair, if I've given what? you permission to touch my hair, oh. then like, pull that shit. Okay, fun. And that's what he did, so. Fun. Yeah, 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 it was, it was great. I love that you can point to a very specific thing. I'll be honest in that, like, sometimes great sex for me feels great in the moment, but I don't hold a lot of memory around sex, like in that same way. Um, but it's like, I get these flashes every once in a while of like, just these moments of like, oh, oh yeah, nice. Um, but <laughs> I, I think um, I think a fun story that, you know, is actually not penetrative, but um, is I got head at a um, Mexican pyramid and, uh, that was really fun. This sort of like public play that was also 
like linked to the past in this other way too. It was, um, it felt very fun. Um, that was a terrible answer from me, I feel. But um, <laughs> what has been the hardest thing about therapy for you? Oh, probably. Um, I mean, I think it's the same for a lot of people. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe some people do approach therapy and are just like an open fucking book. But like, I think the hardest thing, and it doesn't matter who the therapist is. This is something I've run into every single time. My current therapist is the one I've gotten the like gotten uh, really good at like with doing this with, but like, I mean, just opening up, (laughs) like, I think that I do a really good job of, I think it's also just because I have this background in therapy and like have gotten all these sort of skills that I was taught, um, in terms of like reflecting, um, like eye contact, like all these just like things, repeating the question back, summarizing all these things that I, when I'm in therapy, I can see it happening and therefore it doesn't work on me because i know it's just like a tool that somebody's using Hmm. um and if anything back in the day i used to be really bad about like giving the exact opposite response because i was like almost trying to like test my therapist like it was just like oh like i used to be a therapist too so i'm just gonna throw this back at you not helpful to you not helpful to me (laughs) but i was just being like i was being an asshole that was just like i'm gonna test you and like make you work harder if you're gonna say that you're a therapist i've since sort of like let that go and have like let therapy be therapy that's something that i have to like test and try so hard to like push like push back against but um I think the hardest thing for me has been just like opening up, like getting to a place where I'm not giving an answer that I feel like the therapist wants to hear or that is like the right thing to say and to really get into like the dirty, grimy shit that like is going on in my head sometimes instead of like not talking about that stuff and giving like a very like prim and proper answer that again, to your point, like, isn't helpful for me. Like, why am I paying somebody to, like, give them a cookie-cutter answer so that I can just, like, move on to the next question? I don't know. Like, it's still something I struggle with. Um, I've gotten a lot better at it. But, yeah, there was a point when... There was a point in time when, like, me going to therapy was, like, a a complete waste of my money because I wasn't even doing anything for myself. Yeah. Um, That's real. I think for me... I don't have as much trouble opening up. I feel kind of like what I was talking about with Gia last week of like providing context for everything that I say. And especially with a therapist, I'm like trying to catch them up to my whole brain process to help me. And the hardest thing for me sometimes is when a therapist is like, you just said something and then immediately dismissed it or justified it like immediately afterwards. I want you to go back to the other thing and sit with that for a second. And I'm like, you bitch. Like, I'm like, yeah. no. Um, but th- there has been times where it has been really important for me to sit with the sadness of something or to sit with the anger of something. And I'm someone where while I can cry all the time and while I understand sadness and anger, I, in order to heal, I try and provide a lot of context to why that might've happened so that I can make it be okay in my life. And while that is in some ways a good skill to have, I do think that it is beautiful to hold a larger context than the emotion that's bubbling in my mind. Um, Sometimes it delays my healing because I don't allow myself to feel that thing in a big way. And I used Mm. to feel things in a really big way when I was a kid. And then that either became embarrassing for me or became like, 
something that I, I don't know, was scared of, honestly. Like, and I think I just kind of like compressed it where I still feel a lot of a range of emotions, but I don't feel them as largely as I used to. And so what's hard for me in therapy is when a therapist is like, feel that. You just said something that hurt me. Feel that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's what's going on. Um, number 18. Uh, so it says you're moving. What, why, and how? Um, I guess it's not a secret anymore that, uh, um, you've said this like every single time that it gets brought up, but I feel like we haven't, but you're moving too. Yes. Oh, you're so saying we're both that moving. Oh, I thought you were saying that your LA move wasn't a secret anymore. I'm like, well, no, I knew. just, I feel like I don't know if we've ever just like out, like just upfront blatantly said that like we are both moving to two separate places yes on this podcast <laughs> yes um Probably i can first pick up on it here and there but like i don't think yeah. we've ever just like said it <laughs> yeah um well and i think for me it's like it's not a relatively new choice it is a new announcement i guess just because i think that there was some stuff up in the air that was sort of whatever but for me i am moving to austin to be closer to my family um my brother specifically and also i want to see what it's like to be in a place with more sun more consistently who am i when i don't have to deal with my depression on top of the depression that comes from the grayness of being stuck inside for so long Mm -hmm. if i know that so much of my mental health is tied into being able to go outside what does it mean to make a choice to constantly live in a place that i can't go outside um i think for me it's a little bit of an experiment versus like um you know i can't wait to be in that place specifically there's a lot about austin that i'm really excited about but i'm also mostly really excited about the nature and the weather and then figuring out how to like fit my life into that so that's my answer what about la for you i'm here right now and figuring it out but uh yeah i don't know i've been and since being here these last few days i've had a lot of good sort of like uh just like reflection, meditation, and conversations with um, a couple of friends that I'm here with about just what life here would look like and what I sort of need to prepare for for the next couple of years. But I don't know, not a, not a secret, not a surprise. I'm moving to LA before the end of this year. Um, why? Because my life and my business. No, uh, because just. My career, um, what I'm hoping to do, sort of like the things that I'm hoping to learn, uh, yeah. I know that I can only do here in LA. Um, yeah. And it's just a part of that sort of career path. It yeah. doesn't mean it's where I'm going to live long term for the rest of my life. Absolutely not. Um, I think that I've lived in LA before, um, even being here these last few days in like the sort of independent sort of uh, like position. I can already tell it's just it's still not going to be a place that I'm going to like live in forever. But um, I can definitely see I'm starting to see the the life that I would have here. Um, I spent a lot of time yesterday in Silver Lake and Echo Park, which just seemed like it for me and like where I would want to be. So like, I don't know. It's nice just seeing the life that I'll probably build while I'm here. Um, And... Yeah. I love that. I'm excited for you to do that. And I'm excited for, you know, I was in Austin doing something similar that you're doing right now. Last week, 
trying to see what neighborhoods and it is kind of fun to like start imagining yourself somewhere and mm-hmm. um i think it'll be cool for both of us while deeply sad to not be able to be around each other there is an element of this ritual that i think we're gonna keep in a way that makes sense and um have this check-in that i am really excited about um but there's also something really cool about not only emerging post-vaccinated life not post-pandemic but like feeling safer to do these things that we used to do not only emerging into the world after that but emerging into the world after that in a new place so it's like yeah double experience kind of being happening um and that's exciting to me um okay number 19 we're almost done guys do blue and jolene get along yeah yeah i think they do i feel like um i mean blue blue's horny and jolene doesn't always like that but exactly like, y'all gonna stop calling my dog horny he is not horny he's just like horny no yeah he just demands attention he's like he is like me he's attention seeking he wants attention if you're not giving him attention it doesn't matter what kind of creature you are a human another dog it's like look at me pay attention to me bother me or i'm gonna bother you um and he does that to jolene and jolene is like leave me the fuck alone and usually when she says leave me the fuck alone blue is like all right i get it right (laughs) i think jolene's like she's down to play for a second but if she's tired and then someone's like hey 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 Hey, hey, yeah, which hey, is blue, literally. Yeah. Hey, she's hey, gonna hey, be hey, like, hey. she's gonna like snap for a second, and then. But the reason they get along is because when she does that, blue doesn't continue to try. Yeah. Like, dog, she doesn't get along with dogs that when she does that, they continue to try. She's like, yeah. don't you understand? I'm old and don't give a shit. Um, but walk away. Or what I enjoy about blue being around Jolene is it's almost that thing where. It's like the point of having like an older dog and a puppy sometimes because it's like the older dog teaches the puppy. I feel like Blue is chill when like he's around Jolene because Jolene is usually just like chill and like laying there. And I think that Blue will be like, oh, okay, maybe I should just lay here instead of bothering people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like a, good, she's a good teacher. Um, I lo- love that little girl. Um, okay. This is very funny. Whoever sent this in. Thank you. Uh, fuck, Mary kill, Dula beep, Ali coochies and Lil Nas X. <laughs> um, who's your FMK? Um, okay. Fuck. Okay. Okay. This is not, this is not going to bode well for my reputation on this podcast. It's fine. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> I already can, I already hear it coming at me. Who are you Fuck, fucking? Yeah, I'm fucking, I honestly, I'm fucking Ali Coochies. Same. I'm That's marrying Dula Peep. Okay. And I'm killing, killing. Lil Nas X. I, I'm just switching I, that. I'm okay. fucking Ali Coochies, marrying Lil Nas X, and killing Dula Peep. Mainly just because, like, she hasn't given a fuck. She's been flying and vacationing all over, just, like, coughing and breathing on whoever she wants to. Who, Dula um, Peep? Yes. Oh. So she might kill herself, to be honest. Um, <laughs> what's next for the podcast? Um, money. Give us money. <laughs> Let me uh, we, we should start thinking about that. Um, I think that has there's a lot of ownership of that answer on us but i also think that there's an ownership on y'all like there's a little bit of like share with people talk about us like if you if you have liked us over this last year bring other people into the club 
you know, like I, I love having our, what feels like a, I don't know, a a secret, wonderful space with the consistent listeners. Like it feels wonderful and and the engagement and who we talk to pretty regularly on socials, like all of that feels wonderful. And like, I'm ready for stranger. I'm ready for stranger dick. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I'm ready, I'm ready for like, um, Oh, was that too upsetting for you? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I love stranger dick. I love anonymous dick. No, I need to know who you are a little bit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that's where we're different. Uh, I, um, Oh, never mind. I'll tell you that after the podcast. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I also in the future would love like if we get to this next level, I would really love to do a touring show around the yeah. country. And I would love to be able to have like an hour long, maybe two hour long, like either at a club or a sit down place where we have local queer talent come and showcase their talent as an opener or as like a closer. And then we talk to them about their mental health and talk to them. And so those conversations will be different every time. Um, but I would love to be able to go around and see how different queer communities are coming to this conversation that we've been having for the past year. Like, I feel like that would just be such a rich and loving experience for me that, you know, I would hope other people would be interested in joining us for that. But like, that's what I would love to be able to do with you i think that would be so fun all right should we get a little school bus a little qbt school bus oh my god yes it'd be cute (laughs) we rent like a um or like a a vw van yeah very brandy all on the side it's all in like a leopard print yep amazing or one of those electric hummers have you seen those I don't like the idea of a Hummer doing anything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, we just want to say, um, you know, our meds this week truly, I mean, I think speaking for the both of us and the podcast and everyone involved in this, like have really just been, thank you all so much, not only for these questions and allowing us to talk shit today. And thanks for asking these silly things and serious things, but the wonderful things that people have said to us about this work are kind of what keeps us continuing to do it. And I, um, as much as I am getting out of this and Shawnee and I are learning from this and feeling like we're growing as people because of this ritual and this art project, it really only works because of the consumption that's happening and, Mm -hmm. and the feedback that we're getting, which is genuinely a lot of love. And I, I appreciate the love and it is, definitely 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 reciprocated i agree i think that um you know it's been a wild year for everybody for many 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 different reasons and i am just really grateful and happy that um through all those changes through this crazy year that we've had you all have continued to tune in and listen to us that we me and maddie maddie you uh, we keep showing up every week to do this um, and do not like keep showing up as if it's like a thing we don't want to show up to. But like we show up, we prioritize this. We right. very much so love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love That's y'all we do like as listeners. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm excited to see what the future holds for us. And this is just one year. This is one year. Yes. You're one. Um, I, I mean, the, the fact that we've been able to, we have we weren't able to like offer a full reflection, but like you and I got to talk to some of 
some people that I've been holding as like idols in my head for a long time and got to like have conversations with them as very normal people. I have met some amazing, amazing clinicians and other queer people that I had a very, we had like very intimate conversations with and I've never met them in person. It was just a screen on my computer that, or, you know, someone on a Twitter handle or something like there was just so many wonderful stories and guests that I can't wait to continue that as well. Like being able to, celebrate and highlight people that I think are awesome and also people in my immediate community like it just warms my heart I love it so much um Mm -hmm. homework this week is tell your friends about us write us a five-star review if you haven't um and what else that's it like okay I think if there is a let's put it like this our our birthday gift which you can get us is for our one year anniversary or anniversary gift i don't know um review us keep sharing us with friends share us on social if you follow us like i don't know like share our stories share our in feed whatever um Mm -hmm. we love that it's the easiest way to get the word out um we want to grow a lot more this year you all but we can't do that without your help and without your support so um i don't know we really look forward to to seeing that um, this has been fun, Mama. Um, I think you need to go nurse a hangover and, uh... Yeah, I'm gonna go to brunch. Party. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when to stop. <laughs> okay. I love you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. Ha, ha, ha.